I'm Bethany. And I'm Juanita. And together we are Soul, Soul to Soul. Hey everybody, it is Bethany. Exciting news, we have Tanya from Talking with Tanya on today as our guest. But Yay. let's always start, woo, where's all my clap? Woo! So let's uh, start first with our um, message from the day. If you go over to Facebook, Instagram, you'll get your positive vibe every day. And if you go over there, the quote is super cute. I stole it from one of my friends. Uh, it's a picture of flamingos, and it just kind of talks about flamingos. Um, says they can wade into life, stand it out in the crowds, spend time with your flock, uh, find the right balance, be flexible, keep your beak clean, and don't be afraid to get your feet wet. So a little bit of that is make sure that you're taking care of yourself, uh, like the flamingos, because they can stand out in a crowd without having all the glitz and glam. So get your flamingo on, everybody. All right, so exciting. We are talking with Tanya today. I gotta tell you a little bit about her. She's an author, speaker, coach, and I just watched um, an Instagram the other day with her mom about things your mama said, and her mom is adorable. Welcome, Tanya, how are you? I am doing well, Bethany and Wafia. How are you guys? Woo, we are. Oh, we're, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are blessed to have this. We've had um, family on, but we haven't had somebody that we don't know. And I've been um, talking with Tanya or watching her for quite a few weeks now. <laughs> and um, so cute. Very inspiring, very amazing. Uh, wisdom that she speaks out, just speaks from the heart, and I just absolutely love it. So today we're talking about self-love, and what comes from the self-love is you need to be able to take care of yourself on your path, so we're going to ask her kind of where she grew from um, through her journey, some choices that she's made to get where she's at with her goals, and how that gives her self-love um, in her life. So Tanya, kind of tell us where you started from and um, how that got you to where you're at. Sure. So um, before we got on, um, Bethany and I were talking about um, comparisons of what she does in her career, and I was telling her my mom also is a special ed. Oh. And she does both behavioral and she also now does office and now and the other office teachers. Um, kind of like she said, I'm out of bed with my mom. And it's, it's my case of five. I told her she's a champ to be doing case of five. But uh, it is, I want to say her class is like third, third grade to the But I bring her up to say if that's where it started with her and my dad. It's just the sacrifices that they made. And I brought that up to say, um, I know that what you guys do after your career. Um, you make a sacrifice every day and orient the children that um, are sometimes the ones that are lost, but sometimes the ones parents have difficulty right. meeting their needs. And so it's no wonder, you know, my mom ended up when she decided to go back to work when we were in like late middle school and high school because that's all she heard my dad did our entire lives. They sacrificed the things and they sacrificed especially um, when it came to our education because um, 
they didn't have what we had, you know. Most people would think they did because of, you know, what happened, but they didn't, you know. It's, I can tell you, you know, my, my dad grew up in what you call the, um, what do you, um, project type, um, the projects or the, the oh. um, housing. Yeah, the housing. project, yeah. And um, my mother grew up not too far from here, but in another, in another part of this, that same area. Um, and so that was all they did. You know, that was all they were exposed to outside of the country in East Texas where we're born and our family is from, which is deep, deep country. <laughs> and, um, they made multiple sacrifices, especially when it right. came to our education. They literally decided to leave where they were and um, bring, take us to the um, suburbs, if you will, to fight for us and fight for our education. So that fight if you will, started then, and that fight is what literally has brought me through, through every journey, and that even, if you will, was the catalyst of me knowing and understanding how much I was worth and how much I needed to love myself because they first loved us and showed us that same very thing. Absolutely. That's at least the beginning. I can tell you that, that they, the sacrifice showed me love and showed me how to love myself. And that's, and I think that's kind of what happens is we find some of these um, adults and we go back to their roots and what happened in my perspective, they got sheltered or their seed never grew or the roots became something that was not fitting for them to be prosper, um, have some positivity and do some uh, growing of their own in a positive way. So um, as we were talking earlier, you almost have to go back and, and dig up or uh, move that around or baby that, nurture that old root or old seed to, to move that forward. And I'm hearing that that's, that was just what you did in your world. That's your world. And I'm going to tell you guys, you can definitely hear all that as she moves through a lot of her talks um, because you can just tell there, there's positivity in and just joyous in your voice and in your messages. And we just wish that, that we can have that for everybody because we have to meet people where they're at. So sometimes when we're meeting adults, I, I always hear people say, well, at your age, well, maybe they didn't grow to their age mentally or spiritually or whatever. And they can't, they're acting where they're at. And we really need to meet them uh, where they're at and, uh, it, it just it just astounds me that we we still in the day and age we are we're still not doing sacrifices for our next generation and you know and just putting out what needs to be and laying some of those foundational brickwork um, for our kids our nieces nephews grandkids whomever and just push them onto a platform that's going to be very stable for them to build on. Um, through all of this yeah so and, and then I know you um, so as, as you move through I know you have a lot of schooling can you um, kind of tell us why you, you pick, pick kind of where you were at in your schooling um well like I said it goes back to them um, and, and, and I, this is probably why she even has a love for special ed because the inner city school we were at um, they 
they tried to put my brother and I in special education and there's nothing against it. Like I said, my, that's what my mother does. She does now. That's what I did as undergrad as one of my many jobs. She knew us better, you know, and she knew what was in us. And she right. did it like right. she wanted the water that day. She wanted to make sure somebody else was able to help it grow and cultivate it. And so yes. they made the sacrifice financially, you know, even family-wise. They were like, why are y'all moving all the way there? But Absolutely. she knew that if it was necessary, she had to do it. And so literally I went from I basically almost 40 to straight A's, honor roll, gifted and talented, applied learning, National Honor Society, and sitting on the third row of a thousand graduates in my high school graduate class and graduating early. So awesome. my mom was like, don't you tell me what my daughter can do. Right, I right. In her, and that has always been laced at a very early age. And so what I learned about it, and it was, it's so crazy we're talking about this, because you and I are talking about this before, the different ways that people learn. Mm-hmm. I right. learned that I, I don't learn in the traditional right. same thing. I don't, I don't learn traditional. Like, I don't really do well at standardized tests. I can, but I don't. But I can make straight eggs all day. Like, I, I, I do well at storytelling. I'm well at pulling, pulling it together. I'm well at project-oriented stuff. I do well at, you know, um, kind of uh, synthesizing information and building out analytics. But traditional, I listen, right. I might even get bored and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you say, how did I make those decisions? It's because she started making them for me early. So, you know, when it came time to opportunity, even during elementary, you know, I had inside internships like the fourth grade. Like, I, and so that's where I literally learned to have my love of mentorship. I had had them in fourth grade, sixth grade, all throughout. You know, I got invited to be a part of different projects, like on the weekends with this kid and, you know, all these different stuff. And then as well as art, as well. Like, I, Joined the art club. I was in gifted and talented. I was in applied learning classes. I was in magnet school. And so, all of those decisions, I knew I needed that same thing, especially when I did undergrad. I needed that same type of learning and exposure. I didn't want to go to a school where I was, if I'd already been at a school of 5,000 students, I was like, why am I business standpoint so like I had a humanities class from the art class but 
I we did it and learned it and applied how art is in every aspect of business and how you have to find that creative way to look at things and how you run your business, how that piece of it, how you have to com- combine that artistic and piece of it with marketing and different things like that. English, y'all, I learned that make bad as a corporate takeover. Okay, nice. <laughs> 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 and so I tell you, like, they're like, what? Like, yeah, exactly. So I did not have the traditional undergrad experience. So same thing when I knew I was going to go for my master's, I wanted the same type of experience, the same type of opportunity, and exposure. I didn't want to just go to school. I wanted to make sure it was going to be applicable and what I was doing for corporate America and what I was building out and planning to do for my entrepreneurial life. So, yeah. Yeah. That was, that's I mean, super. Actually, my doctorate, that's not right now, but it's the same thing that's that choice. Yeah. I did a lot. I, I, when I did my undergrad, I, I did it online just because I was already in the business that I want, special ed. Like, I just wanted to know more. And sometimes the distractions of, people not being able to get it frustrated me. So I was like, I'm doing online because I'm experiencing everything in class. And some of the people that I was going to school with had never been in a classroom in that dynamic. So it was really hard for me to think as a teacher and a student at the same time. I'm like, nope, online works for me just fine. And I apply everything I learned to my classroom. So it just worked for me and my master's. It was probably the easiest degree I ever got. So yeah, I just my master's was online and yeah. school was actually across the bridge. So that's part of the reason I didn't think the bridge and the tunnel and literally from five o'clock you cannot get yeah. to the other side of the water in Virginia, the other side of Virginia Beach in less than an hour and a half. Oh, like yeah. two, I mean, minimum two. Hour and a half to two. So I was like, I would be late for class every day. So, <laughs> you're like, no, I'm not even going to do it. Well, like, yeah. I'm going to turn, turn it on. <laughs> and I, I hear, I'll just, man, what a, what a journey you've had. And that's how, and, and you're talking about your entrepreneurs. So can you tell us a little bit that, about that? I know you have a couple of books, and I really want you to be able to share um, some of that. I heard some of the stuff with your mom, but, and I haven't bought it, and I'm so sorry, but I keep what? looking. What? I know, I know, I think it's in my cart. It's Your Mind Matters, and I really just love the title of that, and I think all the time, because I work with more students that are um, on the autism spectrum, I always think of their perception, so when I saw that, I was like, man, it probably has maybe nothing to do with it, maybe everything is all perspective for real, Um, but I was thinking that really resonated just the title for me, just because it was, you know, your mind matters. How you think, how you go through life, how you grow is going to be yeah. totally different to your neighbor, to this neighbor, yeah. to that kid, to, even to me. Your spouse. And, yeah, and how you just purposefully, purposefully think about that part of the journey. And I say it all the time. In our household, negative doesn't really work. You can't be judgmental. In the beginning, like you can have your judgment moments because we're human, but it's have some understanding, have a kind thing to say about what's happening, like a positive thing to say. And then if you feel that you need to add more after you've built that positivity, go ahead. But it's really tough. Like it's tough to, once you train your mind, 
to be thinking in that space, it's really tough to go the negative when you're already giving out some of that positive stuff. Because even though we feed ourselves, um, it, it just comes down to us and we have to nurture ourselves. It, in the end, it's like you have your mom and dad, you have your family, but in the end, it, it could just be, yourself. it's to yourself. You know, and you have to be able to do that self-love and self-care on your own. I need to, I need to plug in my glass. Go ahead and oh, finish. Okay. So what about some of your, um, the things that you're doing? Will you talk to us about your books that you've got going on? Yeah, absolutely. So my matters, it's very, it's very it hits home very much with it being made. Um, as birthday business and it's mental health awareness month. Yes. So I definitely will talk about that one. And you know, I bring up the comparison because it was about my mental health. Um, it's not autobiography, but it does ring true to the things that I did and the and the steps I took, and then even some of the life lessons that I learned from my journey that I knew were also But um, it comes from a time when I was newly married, and it was in 07, <laughs> so it was right before the market crash, and they kind of went into a recession, Ooh. and I had just relocated across the country, so I'm very familiar why neither was having to leave the family. Even though we weren't military, I say we were military issues because my father-in-law and my stepmother-in-law um, are military. Very so we were in a very military uh, area, the Hampton Road area. Where you, mm -hmm. I say it's like the mecca of all military. military. Right, right. Much, um, you know, Jamestown started there, but you catch my drift, that was kind of 
Jamestown is literally like 10 minutes distance from my house. They would still do reenactments and things like that. So it was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then yeah. in addition to that, just uh, between the layoffs and stuff, we got hit hard because literally, one of us was only was an employee, the other one needed just about magic or about to get laid off, a let go, or so we were never able to be on the same page at the same time and able to not just balance the books but like get out of the red. Like right, right. so it was a lot of um, traumatic things. It was a lot. I actually have some chronic illnesses that I battled. I didn't even know about two of them at the time. Um, found out later, but um, that was hard to manage, you know, because I just didn't know. Like, I, it was a lot of things I didn't know and didn't understand what was going on with my body and why I was in so much pain. And then stress was making things worse. Yeah. So when you didn't have any money because you didn't have money to get treatment. So it was just a lot. And then as well, it was taking a toll on us, you know, as a married couple. Right. So, I myself had gotten stuff. I was at my breaking point. In fact, I don't even think I was. I was there. I was already broke. <laughs> You're like, there's pieces on the ground of me. Don't step on them. <laughs> and I just had to make up my mind one day. Um, am I going to stay here, or am I going to do something about my mental health yeah. and go get the help that I need? And so. I immediately went into therapy. I might have been going twice a week, I can't But um, thank God, and you'll actually see my therapist at the time. She did my fourth for my master's class. So this book would not be here without her helping me. So Dr. Williams, um, love her to this day. She's retired on me, y'all. I told her, I'm retired on me. Yeah, yeah. Her worker's done. You're taking over. That's why. <laughs> She gave you all the tools, girl. <laughs> the one thing we did, you know, I had I talked with Jane has been around over 15 years, but I had stopped writing. When I, like when it got to the worst, I stopped writing. Like I couldn't even encourage myself. And so one of the things that I was talking about about self love, that was my way of loving myself. That was my way of putting me out there and healing myself at the same time I was serving my purpose. And I stopped. So I not only had I stopped serving my purpose, I stopped using the tool and the gift that helped me with my own self-love and self-worth. And so I got back to writing and I got back to blogging, talking to Daniel. But then in the process of that, y'all, I think I think I thought it was gonna be a blog post, but some kind of way I ended up writing a whole book and I did not know it. You know, like, I don't want anybody else to ever feel like this. I don't want anybody else to feel stuck. I don't want anybody to not know how to get out of their head and jump back into life. I don't want them to not know how to get their mind right. And, and then I was like, oh, yeah, and I don't want them, you know, for the people that love them and see them going through this pain, this anguish, this hurt, this trauma, this disaster, this just mental situ- illness situation or challenge. To not know how to talk to them and not know how to be there. So I was like, I'm going to write to them too. And I just left it alone five years. I'm going to be my life. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm healed. I'm back writing, blogging, blah, blah, blah. And I got this tap on my shoulder like five years later. Like, hey, you wrote a book. 
go get it. And I was like, who on the book? Like, what are you talking about? Where is the book? They're like, it's in your old smartphone. Pull it out. Yeah. I also have to write a journal, too. Get your mind right, journal. Right, right. I am. stuff out there that they haven't actually experienced that they say it but they haven't went through it and I think that makes oh, it real right yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's one of those things and that's what we yeah that's what we talk about the real stuff that we've gone through or going right. through right um, it's like we're, we're trying to keep it real we're not trying to you know make up stuff along yeah. the way don't edit don't cut it's all yeah, real here we, we are because we don't say life is a heartbeat you've got your ups you've got your middle you got your down and it all makes sense in the end and i just i just but think you have that, to like yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> like you said you learn you write it down see what you wrote yeah and if it you know some of that circumstances comes up look what you did and let's say let's try something new different here yeah yeah absolutely definitely what i mean like Literally, it was real-life situation. Um, you know, some of it I write from a personal standpoint, and some of it write just as I and, and, and as I as I learned it. But then when I get to tell the story of how the book comes, mm-hmm. it becomes even more realistic. So people are like, okay, like wow, like like for real, like they be sitting there like, how are you okay? Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the purpose is real. The purpose. The purpose is what pulled me out. You know, yeah. my brother yeah. was stronger than, you know, what was trying to take me down. Yeah. yeah I love what you said. That's me, the heartbeat. Like, I'm going to have to coach you one day. Yeah, you can quote me all day long, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, Tanya, we have had an amazing experience. I know this is always Sorry. You guys are literally 
women all out there to power individuals, not just to be regular negative, but their very best selves and just do positivity. Like sometimes you guys are the light that shines in darkness where people need that hope, they need that experience. Oh, they need yeah, that thank experience. you. So thank you guys oh, thank for you. talking about these issues and helping to do it from a place of love but also laughter like you guys and laughter I are trying to Thank you. Hey, everyone. So, uh, talking with Tanya, she's got something going on. Amazing. Is it on Instagram tomorrow? Is that where you're, yes. you're posting it? Oh, please go watch. I got a little sneak uh, information about it. I can't wait for tomorrow. Uh, it is Mother's Day tomorrow, so love yes. on your mamas. My mama's in heaven along with Juanita's mom. Mine. So, they're loving on each other up there as well. So, uh, thank you, Tanya, for blessing us with your conversation, with your life, with your journey. It just gives that hope out there to others that it, it can be done. Just got to take care of you and keep on your path. Yeah. Awesome. And if you're ever in California. Yeah, you can always stop by Northern California. Come see us. We'll go down to Southern California. Yeah, too. we'll go wherever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll show you unless you get back. Diego, so yeah, oh yeah, we'll go there too. Oh yeah, San Diego. <laughs> All right, Tanya, it's been a blessing. So we're gonna leave you with this. Oh, bye, bye. <laughs> Keep it soul to soul, friends. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.